Hey, and welcome to the first episode of Upstream, a podcast hosted by me, Minna Park, and my good friend, David Cho, where we talk about what it means to go against the current and live a more generous, curious, and sometimes difficult creative life. I've always wanted to do a podcast, and one day, David and I had this random but serendipitous conversation that led us to starting one together. We've been recording episodes since the beginning of the year, trying to build up a queue before we launched the podcast. But then the coronavirus pandemic happened. We recorded an episode a few weeks ago, right around the time when all the stay-at-home orders were coming in place, and it was such a helpful conversation for me. It was so helpful that we decided to launch the podcast with this episode instead of the ones we did before. We'll catch you up on all those episodes about our story and how we got to where we are now, but we wanted you to hear this one and be encouraged as we go through this time together. So we want to officially welcome you to our podcast and say thank you to John Song, aka Jules, for the music you're hearing right now. Thanks for listening, and here's the episode. All right, hello guys. Welcome to another episode of Upstream Podcast. Um, this is a really weird episode to do because it's March 21st right now. Uh, not weird, but it's it's a crazy time. Um, being March 21st, and we are in the middle of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. I say in the middle of, but it's only been two weeks. We don't know how long it's going to go. Yeah, we could very much be in the very early stages of it. Has it affected you or your family or close friends? Um, I saw my parents this past Sunday, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week was so long, <laughs> but yeah. I think it was this past Sunday. I saw my brother, his family, my parents' family, and mm-hmm. it, I'm really glad we did because I don't know when's the next time we will be able to, but yeah, yeah. my dad's like, what am I going to do? Mm. I have, he's a dry cleaner. This business has already not been doing well. Mm-hmm. How am I going to make rent and this and this and that and this and that? Yeah. It, I think it's really interesting how economically this seems to like, like, obviously highlight small business but then a subcategory under that is you know uh minority owned business and then Mm -hmm. another subcategory under that is immigrant owned business Mm -hmm. and how with every subcategorization the impact is Mm -hmm. much stronger and are they good your family yeah no both your families yeah so my in-laws are in oregon and they're in a much more progressed time than georgia is so oregon basically shut down all restaurants and bars my in-laws own a restaurant and so yeah they're just you know figuring out ways and i, I my wife talked to her or my mother-in-law this morning and it, you know what i find is like the truths about being korean and <laughs> korean american come yeah. out even more in crisis like mm. i was you know hearing her talk about how she's like at the restaurant right now even though it's closed and she's selling basically pre-marinated foods that people can cook mm. at home mm. you know it's like that need to survive almost takeout like she turned from re- restaurant to takeout yeah but it's even not even takeout because the food's not cooked it's just like <laughs> it's like an h-mark cold station or something you know like um <laughs> and it's like this ingenuity turns on yeah but i want to celebrate that that's kind of lives within us is like you know, this, we'll find a way to survive. I think that's human. So, uh, you know, I was like thinking about that, thinking about my, my own parents, like, you know, 
They're doing fine. What did they do? They also own a restaurant. My dad does commercial real estate. And so, mm. you know, those two industries are definitely being affected. But yeah, I mean, it's affecting all of us, affecting my friends closely, you know. And I, I find at the end of the day, what I'm seeing as much sadness and grief that there is, there's this like, like what's immediately followed by grief is a need to survive an mm. ingenuity around survival mm. you know that's somehow like inspirational and beautiful mm. like how do all it's like it's weird that all of those things live in the same moment you know mm. and like mm. how do you how do you swallow grief sadness hopelessness possibility hope mm. potential mm. ideas mm. you know creation it's weird how the emotions and the feelings are so like I don't know merged I, I I see it as hope yeah I see all of that as hope and I see the multi-layered version of what hope looks like mm. and hope is the thing that keeps us alive and I think hoping for a brighter day that this will also pass that this will also go yeah what was your first impression when you heard about it in China what was your first reaction I think my first reaction was it it reminded me of when I was in college and I think it was Ebola Mm-hmm. the ebola breakout because i was in mm-hmm. the midst of this was back when i was deep in my public health studies so we were i was in a class where we we're talking about the eradication of measles huh. and what that took you know like i remember reading about how basically you know pe- public health workers would be going into these various villages across the world you know a lot of them impoverished and they would forcibly vaccinate people even if the people had you know religious beliefs or other beliefs that said oh we, we can't get vaccinated they would mm. hold them down and vaccinate them and how I mean, we just talk through the morals and ethics of what a what global eradication is in in light of pandemics and you know stuff like that and so it it, it reminded me of that and you know just kind of like once once these conversations around he- global health start it's it it takes on a different light you know it takes on like oh certain things are so important that the individual right becomes less than the human right and in in america it doesn't really compute as much as it would compute for like asians oh yeah no there's no like societal there's no duty to society really yeah i I should say that like i I should i should clarify that by saying like as an asian american you fight with both sides of it and you definitely understand for example like with face masks i was having a conversation with a white uh, co-worker and he was saying that it feels like for white people putting it on it's almost like a fashion statement it's almost its own expression of individuality mm. to put on a face mask. Mm-hmm. But I was telling him, whenever I see someone with a face mask on, I feel gratitude mm. that they are protecting themselves. You know, take away the, the fact of whether or not it's effective or not or whatever you want to say about it. But the fact that they took that care, it doesn't ostracize them. It makes me feel gratitude that they are being thoughtful mm. and it's a fundamental difference of looking at the same situation. And I think it stems from what you're saying about the greater good being more important than 
like than yourself. So like in that class was a conclusion like the ends justify the means that mm-hmm. no matter how much ethical or individual right boundaries they crossed because they eradicated measles, the ends justified the means in some way. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, now that I think about it, I'm not sure if it was measles or smallpox. Was <laughs> one mean, of I, them? I, but both of them, right? I'm pretty but sure it was smallpox. Yeah, and they were both pretty contagious. Yeah. Yeah. I think measles is still around. I gotta, t- I gotta go um, fact yeah. check myself, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen like really interesting things come out though. Uh, let me pull up this one thing. I don't know if you follow uh-huh. Tina Roth Eisenberg. She's a designer. Yeah. She, she found she founded Creative Mornings and Tatley. She posted this letter to her her blog, and I'll just read this out, but I'll we'll put it in the show notes. It's called an imagined letter from Corona to humans. Just stop. Just stop. It is no longer a request. It is a mandate. We will help you. We will bring the supersonic, high-speed merry-go-round to a halt. We will stop the planes, the trains, the schools, the malls, the meetings, the frenetic, furied rush of illusions and obligations that keep you from hearing our single and shared beating heart. The way we breathe together in unison. Our obligation is to each other as it always has been, even if, even though you have forgotten. We will interrupt this broadcast, the endless cacophonous broadcast of divisions and distractions, to bring you this long-breaking news. We are not well. None of us. All of us are suffering. Last year, the firestorms that scorched the lungs of the earth did not give you pause, nor the typhoons in Africa, China, Japan, nor the fevered climates in Japan and India. You have not been listening. It is hard to listen when you are so busy all the time, hustling to uphold the comforts and conveniences that scaffold your lives. But the foundation is giving way, buckling under the weight of your needs and desires. We will help you. We will bring the firestorms to your body. We will bring the fever to your body. We will bring the burning, searing, and flooding to your lungs that you might hear. We are not well. Despite what you think or feel, we are not the enemy. We are messenger. We are ally. We are balancing force. We are asking you to stop, to be still, to listen, to move beyond your individual concerns and consider the concerns of all, to be with your ignorance, to find your humility, to relinquish your thinking minds and travel deep into the mind of the heart, to look up into the sky streaked with fewer planes and see it, to notice its condition, clear, smoky, smoggy, rainy, How much do you need it to be healthy so that you may also be healthy? To look at a tree and to see it, to note its condition, how does its health contribute to the health of the sky, to the air you need to be healthy? To visit a river and see it, to notice its condition, clear, clean, murky, polluted, how much do you need it to be healthy so you may also be healthy? How does its health contribute to the health of the tree who contributes to the health of the sky so that you may also be healthy? Many are afraid now. Do not demonize your fear, and also do not let it rule you. Instead, let it speak to you in your stillness. Listen for its wisdom, what it might tell you about what it is at work, at issue, at risk, beyond the threats of personal inconvenience and illness. As the health of a tree, a river, the sky tells you about the quality of your own health, what might the quality of your health tell you about the health of the rivers, the trees, the sky, and all all of us who share this planet with you? Stop. Notice if you're resisting. Notice what you're resisting and ask why. Stop. Just stop. Be still. Listen. Ask us what we might teach you about illness and healing and what might be required so that all may be well. We will help you if you listen. 
This is by Kristen Flintz. Very good reading, by the way. Thank you. I've I had to hold back tears as you were saying that. That is <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's amazing. Truly. It it's there's so much I've been thinking about these past couple of days as we've now had so much time on our hands and it's really interesting and inspiring to see how people are stepping up. Mm. I have friends who are nurses and PAs who have literally trained their lives for this moment mm-hmm. and they're working around the clock and they know how to help these people. They're in a system that's failing, that's not ready, but they're ready. Mm-hmm. And they're tirelessly caring for these people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're scientists, virologists, epidemiologists, and people that only look at this stuff. And it's like their time to rise up, get the numbers, figure out the data, mm. do the vaccines, the tests. Like there's brilliant, brilliant people working around the clock right now to find this vaccine. Mm-hmm. And then there's people like Kristen who rises up in this way mm. and speaks to the heart and speaks to us and speaks in a way where it may not be a physical health or a vaccine or anything, but nonetheless, there's a care and, and there's a contribution that she makes mm-hmm. in the way that she's been ready for it. Mm. I'll give you one quote. It's from a writer that I really like. And he defined crisis in a really elegant way he said crisis is a knife it cuts through layers of confusion exposes to the clean air what was once cocooned by habit routine and ignorance it opens a wound revealing the blood of your life Mm. it's a guy named uh, jack cheng who is a young adult writer um, and he's sending out sort of these daily newsletters but i liked how he put the idea of it cutting away the layers of all these i i keep thinking of the word artifice Mm. all these sort of things that we put of comfort and things to distract ourselves and numb ourselves and it's all just taken away all the non-essentials are closed and the essentials are open and what's left underneath that and yeah for someone to come up with this and say this and in this sort of honest raw kind of way it's it's beautiful and so inspiring because it boils down to the core of what really matters, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and made me think about, you know, a lot of this, like this uh, binary of essential and non-essential. How, yeah. how does that apply to this podcast? And what we thought, think about and talk about is a lot of creative endeavors. It's, it, would, it would seem really easy to say and suggest in this current present day creative endeavors don't matter they're non-essential right like especially look at maslow's hierarchy of needs right now people have been forced to go down the pyramid Mm. right like a lot of people that were always just thinking about the top like you know Mm. fulfillment enjoyment Mm. etc were forced to like consider these other Mm. things and it's funny like for people like especially like me you know i 
I live a very comfortable, you know, I, I live a, a lot of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, I have a lot of things that probably a lot of other people don't, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a, you know, decent job and all these things. And it was very easy, like, what happened with Corona, what happened with the shutdowns, what happened with all these cancellations was, okay, I had to go revisit that bottom layer of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but it was very fast. I could visit that layer and tend to it quickly. Look at my bank accounts, look at my financials, look at my pantry, Mm. fill Mm. it Mm. like basically immediately. And, and then I said, so now what? Yeah. Right. So, so now that that's filled, what's left and, I think that's kind of where I've been is like, what do I, what do you apply in these times when, you know, I live a very basically, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I I totally know what you mean. And and it's, I, I am one, we're healthy, right? Like we're sitting here healthy for all we know right now. And yeah, my pantry is filled, my stomach is full, you know, I I have savings, I'm financially stable. And the immense amount of privilege and gratitude that I feel. Mm, privilege, that's the word. Privilege is the word mm-hmm. you're looking for? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, we cooked like kimchi fried rice the other day and just had some comfort food. And the, and the amount of privilege that I feel, mm. but at the same time, the amount of guilt I feel. Mm-hmm. At the same exact time. It's like when I went to uh, missions trips to uh, like Cambodia or China or something and I came back and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I have so much and these people I left have so, you know, and that sort of privilege, like a guilt of privilege, you Mm -hmm. know, And, and, and what, what do I do with that? And I think a part of that is just my own coping of not coping through the realities of the world and how hard some people are living there's people who don't know what april is going to look like Mm -hmm. because they just got laid off yeah right and i've spent so much time feeling scarcity feeling like i didn't have enough and feeling like how can i go and get more Mm -hmm. and it kept me awake and it kept me anxious to get more of what i needed yeah and when the cocoon, when that cocoon was burst, and yeah, the coronavirus told us to stop. I'm like, oh, the first thing I thought is I have so much. Mm. I have been given so much. Yeah. And it's like, and then it's like, so now what? That's right. right? Like, well, what are you going to do with the much that you have been given? And so I go back to, I, I don't, I'm not trained to physically care for people. I can't come up with a vaccine, but I can do this kind of work, Kristen's work or Jack's work, like work that is generous and connects with people. I can do that. Mm -hmm. I can be creative and and put that out there. And it fits. And that even for me is a tension because my job is a non-essential. <laughs> Once they said more than 10 shouldn't meet, I'm like, oh, they don't need me anymore. And 
all these projects are being postponed or canceled. This conference I shoot every year is just going virtual now. And so they don't need a photographer at all. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know. My job literally feels Mm non-essential. It is non-essential. It is a complete luxury. Yeah. And so it's like, it'll come back. I get that. But how can I be essential? Mm. How can I be counted as an essential? Yeah, and like, what does that even mean? And I don't think we need to unpack the public health doctrine around essential, non-essential. But the point is like the spirit and heart around it, like healing. Yes. Is it protecting? Is it nourishing? Those are essential services. And I think we can apply that same framework to our creative work, you know, like instead of, and I think for me, it's like, how do you make it actionable? I mean, my job is literally in the clouds. (laughs) I sit with, you know, CMOs and think in the clouds. So how do I make my own job actionable? I mean, I have no idea. I still have to like think through it. I mean, I'm not sure still, you know, and is it, so is it not necessarily that part of me? Is it a different part of me? You know, is there... Can I bring, you know, like, and I think that's, these are the kind of questions you have to ask yourself, but I think people are searching for the framework, you know, like what part of you is nourishing? What part of you is healing? What part of you is, you know, motivating or protecting, you know, and I think if we can help people ask these questions of themselves, maybe they can like get to those answers faster. Maybe that's worthwhile in itself, you know? I think so. And and there was this great other tweet from this um, director that I like and he was saying a whole form of language and mode of communication seems so frivolous Mm. selling this thing or that thing or doing this or that thing and and like they've been in this cycle of it's not nourishment it's advertisement it's narcissism it's Mm. themselves and sponsorships and and in one week, it looks completely, and he said, it's no surprise, cotton car- cotton candy doesn't nourish. <laughs> and how many times have you or I or other people thought, that's a nice life to have, the travel blogger, the food blogger, the influencer, and suddenly there's no content. Like, there's nothing that they, <laughs> there's nothing that they can do, do unless they, make a really sharp turn to something else. But at the same time, there's people who are leaning into what they've been talking about mm-hmm. and people who've been on that path. And yeah, yeah, no. it's really inspiring to see how people are rising up with the values that they've been carrying into this crisis. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's like that idea you're talking about before about crisis being a knife. It's like for whatever reason, our society and we could talk about the reason, but has become numb to inauthenticity. Like yeah. it's become expected. It's become a part of our lifestyles. It's become a part of our feeds, Yeah, you know? And like, as soon as this happened, it like jolted everyone awake and said, what do you care about? Why do you care about it? What does it say about you? If you care about that in this situation, you know? And it's, Yeah jolted awake is a great like it's it's because we were just comfortable Mm. right we allowed those things to be there because everything else was sort of taken care of that like wally did you see wally the Mm -hmm. pixar movie wally Mm -hmm. right 
those guys just sitting there and, and you know recline and the things come you know like that is that is the spiritual that is a spiritual allegory mm-hmm. or mental or emotional allegory of who we are now yeah back whenever even in the 1918 spanish flu you got the flu you died like it was millions of people that passed right and back then there was they were closer to this idea of life and death mm. we don't have to worry about that now right our survival instinct is how many likes we're getting or how many followers like that right. triggers the same life and death situation yeah right which is why we are trying to i think i keep thinking of the, of distracting and numbing mm. and we have these things and issues and it, even things that matter to us but we don't chase after it because it's just hard work and we're so used to just being reclined and and the straw being given to us that we just don't know how to fight for it anymore yeah. you know i keep thinking of it as before the crisis like during the crisis and now after the crisis right like what are we going to be in the future mm-hmm. but what do you feel like you've brought in in terms of essential values or in terms of your thinking what do you feel like you've brought into this crisis that you're that that you've been sort of thinking about yourself. Does my question make sense? Yeah. No, it's interesting because I feel like I mean, at least in Georgia, we're always like lagging a little bit behind. <laughs> so, as a, as a nation was going mostly remote and whatever, my, you know, Georgia was still a little behind, my company was behind it. All I did every single day at work basically was like Hey guys, I think we need to go remote. Hey guys, I think this is getting more serious. Hey guys, but you know, I was like pushing for that. <laughs> so that's that's like where I defaulted. But as soon as we got remote, I realized like instinctively what I like, you know, cuz we're all on Slack, we're all on Zoom all day and I was just like, you know, why don't we share what our at-home offices look like? Why don't we share mm. what we're Aww. eating for lunch, you know, like all those yeah. types of things and like just bringing that level of camaraderie to even our virtual office I, th- I felt like i was asking myself why am i doing this and i think at the yeah. end of the day i just like to connect with people and you know even if that brings a moment of levity and light into someone's day is that okay is that worth it you know and i was just like thinking is this the most i can do i mean i don't know but i think the essential value there is like connection for me and I still feel a little bit mixed about what it is I'm supposed to do here in this time, but yeah, that's just one tangible thing I realized I was doing last week. That your gut reaction was to bring people together more. Yeah. To find some sort of intimacy and belonging together. Yeah. But in the same breath, also like making sure we're good, like my wife and I, making sure our families are all good and a little bit of self, it's like how do you balance self-preservation and generosity yeah what is that in in especially in days like this like it was almost effortless for you to bring that bring mm-hmm. that up and 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 make that a part of it do you feel like there's anything else for you that you're sort of awakening or or you're coming to realize i'm put i'm putting david on the spot we haven't talked about this so uh, yeah, I'm, no. i'm asking him on the on the episode I think it's uh, and the reason I know that I my, I had an like a gut reaction, but I was hesitant to share. I I, mm-hmm. I felt like for whatever reason in these times, this is just it's stupid. It it feels stupid to admit, but there was like this 
almost gravitational pull to the spiritual that Mm. I've been experiencing. Like, for whatever reason, I want to, like, even remember past moments where I was a little bit more spiritual of a person. Mm. Maybe because I, like, need to cling on to something outside of this earth. It seems like there's more space within me, within myself, my mental state even, to entertain thoughts of the divine, if I put it that way, Mm. you know, and so I've been filling in those, that space a little bit more with other things that I haven't really thought about much. Do you think that you were distracting yourself? Yeah, I think it's definitely that, you know, like, yeah, you feel it with friends, you feel it with going out, you feel it with being busy, but yeah, you can't do that really, you know, right now at least. Can I can I pry one level deeper and mm-hmm. ask you like what's the first what's the first rung you feel like you're clinging on to spiritually? That's interesting. I don't I don't even know if I went there. I don't even know if I like I just I think I really It's just, just a door that's opening yeah, kind of, yeah. Basically it's yeah. like I felt an emotion that I hadn't felt in months. That's it. Mm. That's all I'm at, you know. Mm. And mm. I also think it's just like in the language of what I'm seeing on the internet and stuff. It's like people are just talking about very different things. You know, they're not. I, th- I think I need to read more of what you're reading. I feel like I'm more and more loathed of social media and Twitter and stuff right now. Like I, I, I take that back. Twitter, I'm following some real, like smart people who are giving really great information, mm-hmm. but my version of the media is is that us and them mentality Mm. and i just cannot i'm so sick of it i've just been writing and and thinking all day long just doing (laughs) my own thing and not looking at any of that i Mm. think i need more of what you're following but (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know maybe it's a serendipitous too but i I just feel like Mm. i stumble upon these moments where people are I i think it's it makes sense when you're forced when the world is forced to stop just reacting to the extrinsic and forced to delve into the intrinsic, they will start to yeah. output things that reflect the interest, intrinsic thinking, you know, yeah. the retrospection. And you're noticing it in that way too, right? Maybe it's just like you're noticing it more as your, yeah. as yourself is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think for me, I'm bringing into this like that, idea of privilege mm. and how much I had, it's completely disabused me of the idea of a, a scarcity mindset. Mm. You know, it's, it's, I hope it lasts the margin that, that we have to do this, right? The margin we have to think about the higher parts of Maslow's needs mm-hmm. and not have to worry about the lower parts, mm-hmm. man, I got to make that, I got to be a steward of that. I got to, yeah. I got to make that worthwhile and, and steward that correctly and not waste it on myself and not try to use it to do something better. Yeah. It's like, it's a really good point about how we're going to be when we come out of this. Yeah. You know, because I said, I want to be healthier. I said, I want to be right. You and I, like, it's a whole nother thing we need to talk about, about, about just physical health and <laughs> making ourselves live, like give ourselves the best chance of living longer mm-hmm. outside of this pandemic with weight and with all that, like be healthier. Mm. And I'm like, oh, 
well, I'm cooking at home now. <laughs> Every day I thought, ah, I don't want to eat that. I want to go out and eat this and this and that. I have all this time. Exercise. Like, I could literally become healthier during this time. Like, I have the privilege to think that way. And right. I want to be healthier. And I'm, I'm like, maybe I can come out of this a few pounds lighter or stronger <laughs> or have good habits of cooking at home. Mm-hmm. I've been cooking every day and clean. I'm like, oh, this is a great habit. Like, mm. we meal prepped for the week because I cooked all this food today. And I'm like, oh, let's just keep this going and keep this habit going. Not as crisis management, but as like life management. Yeah. After this, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like, unless people are extremely intentional about their practices now, they won't know what to carry forth. As long as we're blessed with health and as long as we are stewarding this privilege, I think it's beholden on us to build those habits and start building a momentum where we're giving and generous and nourishing yeah, and not just consuming and distracting or numbing ourselves. Yeah, it's like I almost want to go as far as to say if we don't come out of this better, maybe there isn't any hope for us. <laughs> you know, that's a strong statement. Yeah. I don't want to sound yeah. too like inflammatory, but it's like if you're going to ever change some part of you that you need yeah. to think about or, you know, really dig into, you better do it now. Because what's the lesson then, right? Yeah. What, do, what, what, what would we have learned from all this? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah, that was just a horrible time. I wish I never went through that again mm-hmm. and then just go on life again, yeah. you know? No. Or is it like victory, right? Like America is great. We went through like no, it's like you're 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 given what really matters. Yeah. So then what now? What now after that? How are you going to respond? Yeah. And I think we can't be responsible for other people's actions, but at least for me. Mm. Feeling like a fraud, I hope I disabuse myself of that notion as well. Scarcity and the imposter syndrome, I hope I completely grow out of that Mm. and feel there's nothing fraudulent Mm. about wanting to create to better people, Mm -hmm. to be, to nourish, to renew, to be generous. There's nothing fraudulent about that. People need that more and more and more. And I hope to find a bigger community of those people too. Mm. And I'm sure like those people will start coming out of the woodwork a little bit, you know, in a good way. Yeah. I think people will start to see the goodness out there a little bit more in these times. I need to track down this Kristen Flynn person, Flint's <laughs> Kristen Flint's and say, thank you. I need to, I need to track her down, you know, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Thanks for helping me think through and work through this stuff. This has been one of the most helpful conversations on this. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think, you know, if people ever hear this, hopefully it'll help them process things too. And obviously we are talking out of a place of privilege. And I want to acknowledge that at the end here yes. and say that yes. we couldn't say any of these things if we were, you know, in the restaurant industry on a daily or if we were in all these other industries that have been severely impacted, yes. you know, we can only talk out of the realities of our, our blessings and our privilege. And 
don't mean to downplay anyone's realities by talking about the topics mm -hmm. we are at the levels we're talking about them. Yeah. That's great. All right. I will probably talk again while we're in the middle of all this. So yeah. Until next time. I bid you adieu. Stay safe, bro. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to the first ever episode of our podcast. We're in some challenging and crazy times right now, and I hope this episode was encouraging for you. You can find show notes to everything we mentioned during the episode at upstreampodcast.com. Again, thank you for listening, and tune in next week where David and I share about our stories and find out just how many things we have in common. Talk to you then. Bye.